Welcome to the Top Business Leaders Podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, David DeLong, one of my coaching clients and a longtime friend. Welcome, David. Hi, Dan. It's great to be with you. Thanks. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about your your, your journey? Sure, sure. Well, I, today my work is focused on helping executives implement solutions for critical skill shortages that can undermine business growth. I work across sectors, manufacturing, healthcare, aerospace, high tech. Virtually every industry today is impacted by critical skill shortages, what's often called the skills gap. And actually, executives are worried about the skills shortages short term today, this year, and they're actually now worried a lot about the future. Um, I work with big organizations like Microsoft, MasterCard, and the American Organization of Nurse Executives, but my sweet spot is really smaller, mid-sized companies and smaller companies whose leaders don't have big HR departments to help them with these tasks. Fantastic. Uh, it's a great background. I'm sure that meshes with a lot of the people who are listening today who've worked with large companies but specialize in small businesses. Tell us a little bit about how uh, you started writing books. You, you've written a few books, but tell us how you started writing your very first book. What, what, what was the impetus that said, I need to write a book? <laughs> well, early in my career, I was a journalist and editor and an academic researcher, I'd say, I tell people that I've really migrated from daily journalism. At one time I worked for the Associated Press, cranking out dozens of stories in an eight hour shift Mm -hmm. to to today. My focus is books. You know, really, if I'm going to write anything except for a blog post, it's going to be, it's going to be a book because I I just um, realized that in the last 20 years of my career as an independent author, speaker, and consultant, um, has been built really on the three books I wrote uh, starting in 2004 with Lost Knowledge, Confronting the Threat of an Aging Workforce. That's a book that really put me on the map. Um, I've always said there's nothing like uh, having your mother-in-law, who's a dyed-in-the-wool New Yorker, open up the Sunday New York Times and see her son's um, new book reviewed in the business section. <laughs> Um, my stock went up about 100 points that day. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't the reason why you wrote the book. Why did you write the book? <laughs> Although not. that is a very good byproduct of writing a book. Right, right. Definitely not. <laughs> um, uh, the reason I wrote that book, and I think it's got to be true for most books, is I was passionate about, I discovered this problem. I recognized this problem in the marketplace, which was uh, – the, 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 the looming retirement of baby boomers. Now, this is back in about 2000, 2000. Uh, and we could see there was a lot of concern about baby boomers are going to be retiring. And, oh, by the way, a, a, a lot of these boomers are going to be taking a lot of knowledge with them. And it's going to have an impact on businesses. And I ha- identified a story which at the time was highly relevant um, you know, we went to the moon six times between 1969 and 1972. And the truth is we couldn't go to the moon right today if we had to. We're, we're, we're slowly working our way back there, but 
we lost most of the knowledge from those Apollo missions and we can't go back to the moon. And that story is a real wake up call for baby boomers and, um, who, who are just incredulous with the thought of in this technology intensive society, we can't always do something we've done well in the past. And it flags this issue of knowledge loss and the impact on, um, on, on business. So this, this was a problem I identified and I, uh, I went and I sold the book idea to Oxford university press and with my wife's blessing, uh, took a a significant amount of time, you know, nine months off to do further research on it. I'd already done a fair amount of research and wrote that book. And it really put me on the map in terms of an important idea that was read by a lot of senior executives. The head of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission had all his executives read it. It it gave me a a sort of a baseline Expert, level of expertise or perceived expertise. Um, I got interviewed on, um, frankly, on um, uh, Morning Edition on NPR by, by Steve Inskeep. And uh, uh, it, was, it was a great jumping off point. Fantastic. How has the book helped you get business? Well, um, books, I learned very early in my career um, that books have a great symbolic value in our culture. And I mean this sincerely. You get more credit from people, particularly potential clients, than you may actually deserve. <laughs> and this is don't tell anyone this. that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I sincerely That's our believe secret. this. When, when you write a book, you're immediately perceived as the expert. But I'm a, I had a very wise seventh grade English teacher who said, "The more you know, the less you know." And um, there's nothing like getting a doctorate, which I did in, in my middle mid career, um, to make you realize that. You know, the more I learned about my field, which is organizational behavior and the impact of technology on skills, roles, and structures, the more I realized how ignorant I was and how much more there was to know. But the rest of the world still thinks you know a lot. You know, you have a doctorate, you've written a book, you must, you know, be the expert. And so the book. Um, helps me get business because it it uh it does several things first of all it's a proverbial calling card it you know a business card it always gives you something to hand out to hand to a potential client to mail to a potential client that would be um seen as very valuable um that that sets you apart it helps an internal client a a client with the internal cell it's always easier for a, a, a meeting planner or a or an executive in a company to turn to his colleagues and say, "We're bringing in the author. You know, this guy or this woman has written a book on this subject." So that immediately ups their um, ups their, their credibility in in in, um, in in your credibility in their eyes. Uh, a book also forces you to create, to consolidate, organize, and extend your thinking about whatever the subject is you're writing about. And it, it leads you to create tools, which will be frameworks and stories to help clients. So it gives you material to use in your speeches and your workshops and your consulting. And I'm doing that right now. I've just decided to write a new book, um, which I'm calling Building Tomorrow's Workforce in Today's Economy. And I'm working on it each morning. And I'm recognizing that it's forcing me. I have a ton of material, but I haven't sort of packaged it. And and. It's forcing me to, it's a forcing function. So that's another thing. Um, it, it's, 
I think today it's hard to be a higher fee keynote speaker without a book. It's so easy to get one produced that um, that it, it it really you know clients they may not say it but it helps your marketing it gives you so much more credibility and frankly it helps you raise your rates too um, you can charge more you know when you have a book uh, so there there are just a lot of a lot of um, ways it's helped it's helped me and really I'm a huge believer that my three books. Um, have been the platform that have built my speaking business, which is how I my living, you know, as a, as a keynote speaker. Fantastic. Uh, lots of great advice there. Um, so tell me, what I know writing a book isn't easy. What challenges did you overcome uh, when you wrote your books? Sure. Well, first, you know, really is the, the funding, the research and the writing process. You know, it takes time. Um, to, to get a book done and you have to find the time where you're going to steal that time. Are you going to do it on weekends? You're going to do it nights, you know, depending on your energy level and when you're best at writing, I'm best at writing in the mornings. And so in each of my uh, book writing experiences, I've had to sort of, you know, come to terms for the family of say, okay, my income's probably going to be down a little bit. Now, um, for this period of time, because I'm going to put a lot of energy into producing this book. Now, you don't have every book doesn't require that. There are certain books where you will already have the material and you're writing something really short. We'll call it quick and dirty, you know, 100 pages, 120 pages. That's not going to take that kind of time and energy. But if you want to do something that's really solid, you're invariably going to do more research than you realized, you know, and have to reach out and do more reading and more interviewing than you expected. And in my experience, you know, and most authors will tell you this, the process usually takes longer than you'd expect. I will say uh, um, other, other challenges I've faced is, is missing pieces in the research because I remember the book I co-authored on high impact talent management that we did with McGraw Hill. Uh, My co-author Steve Troutman and I, I've got the book outlined and we thought we had each chapter and then I start writing and you know what? We're missing a story about this. We know we need to make this point, but we don't have a good story or a good case study or enough data on this point we're trying to make. So we have to backtrack and do research and fill in that piece. Now, good news is it it isn't hugely difficult necessarily to do that research because there's so much available on the internet today. But you still have to do it, and it takes time. So it's those missing pieces. It's not just, I'm going to sit down and write the book out, and I've got everything I need. It's finding the holes. Also, finding quiet time, you know, writing. For me, that often means going to the library, you know, and hiding out in the back of the stacks, somewhere where I can get really quiet, get away from the phone, distractions of our dog, you know, (laughs) because if I'm writing at home, which I do. My, I have an office at home and I write at home, but it's there are just more distractions there. So you have to decide for yourself, how do you really create discipline in, in, in a way that is going to allow you, that's going to feed your spirit and your desire and your needs to, to really be productive. Um, and the, I'll, I'll just, I want to add this to say one thing. The, the, organizing the book, I, I've, I've really enjoyed, and Dan didn't ask me to do this, but I do, I'm going to plug his book, write your book in a flash, because I've written four books over the years, and 
this and coming back to do a fifth one, really Dan's book has really been a, a, a godsend in really helping me quickly sort of set out a structure for how to think about laying out my book and outlining it. So I, I highly recommend, um, recommend, um, write your book in a flash. And as I say, Dan did not ask me to pitch that. So it's, uh, it's a sincere, um, sincere testimonial. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now you've co-authored several of your books. Uh, tell us about that experience. Why did you decide to have a co-author? How did you find one? And how did you divide up or to figure out how to divide up the responsibilities? Sure. <laughs> Co-authoring is a tricky business and you have to really think I've done it twice. It, both books were successful, but they're different than when you write a book by yourself. In a way, it's great. If you have a good partner, it can be great because it can provide that emotional boost to, you know, kick ideas, share ideas with each other. And you get that sort of synergy of two people writing. But you have to be very clear about the tasks, who's doing what, and who's capable of doing what. Um, in both cases where I co-authored, I was definitely the author of the book. I did 80% of the writing in both cases. And that was fine, um, except in one case, I didn't realize that my co-author didn't really want to write. And um, but, but the value he, he brought to that book was tremendous tools so one of the, you have to always weigh what's the contribution of the two people and really talk about and and be transparent about okay who who's going to write who's going to actually do the writing what's our process going to be how do we work out disagreements when we disagree on something how do we do that um and these people you know you want them to be friends your friends when you finish the project, so and colleagues and and I can say mine were, but it it's not without its bumps. It's definitely an emotional up and down piece, and you don't want to go into co-authoring cavalierly, uh, you know, ignoring like two accountants sort of thinking we're doing an accounting project. It's really there's an emotional component to it that you have to deal with. What advice would you have for figuring uh, for? for figuring out who does what and also your idea of, you know, how do you work out your disagreements? Actually, let's just focus on that. How do you work out your disagreements? Well, I think the most important thing is to, you, first of all, you don't want to be co-authoring with someone who you don't have mutual respect for and genuinely like, because you have to, you know, believe their, um, their ideas are valid and their opinion is valid. Uh, um, you have to be clear on your, your, purpose for the book and your uh and sort of uh your goals for the book and the outcome you want and keep revisiting that uh, by that i mean you know are we writing a chapter here that's going to be 30 pages or 10 pages you know where we're just giving a few principles and a couple quick stories or are we writing the kitchen sink and you need to have agreement on that so um it would be a lot of a fair amount of upfront work in 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 um, having mutual respect and having talked out sort of your objectives and even proposing, you know, role-playing a little bit. Okay, how do we work it out if we disagree? You know, it may be that one author says, co-author says, look, whatever you decide, you're sort of the senior party here. We're going to, whatever you decide, I'm going to go with. 
you know, as a junior author, second author, so to speak. Well, that's another thing. It's very important always is to work out who's the, fir- who's the first author and who's the second author because that, that matters to some people and in some audiences. Um, and it sends signals in certain cases. Uh, uh, in some cases it doesn't, but you need to be aware that some people will really care about that. In some cases you won't. You'll say, I don't care. I'll be the second author. Fine. Just let's just get it done. And if we have a disagreement, I'll go with your, your opinion because you have more experience in this area than I do or more expertise on the topic. You know, ultimately, though, it's always what's going to serve the reader, right? And what's, what's going to make the book valuable. So, Great, great advice. Uh, I'm sure that will help a lot of people work through a lot of issues before they become issues, hopefully. Um, my last set of questions for you about marketing your book. You have the book. What do you do now? How do you use it to get business? Um, well, again, as I said, I, I, I mailed out a lot of books, you know, when they, when, when they came out that, you know, obviously you're using them literally as a calling card. You're sending them to influencers. I use them with speakers bureaus. They help me. I have at least half a dozen speakers bureaus that sell me. And I'm convinced part of it's that is because I have a book. I have books behind me and it makes it again easier for them to sell me. But you could use them approaching, approaching speakers bureaus or approaching meeting planners. Uh, um, So that's one way you can obviously blog from the book, blog about the book, um, use the chapters as blog posts. Um, uh, there are tweeting about the book or from the book, uh, looking for reviews. Now, one thing it's important to understand, you know, when you self publish a book that pretty much takes it out of the realm of getting reviewed in, in, in the general media. Um, and nowadays, of course, that's not done as much anymore anyway, but there's still some places you can get, um, books marketed. And I think resources like you, Dan, and there are some others, you know, like build a book buzz or something like that, Sandra, um, I forget her last name who can help, you know, authors of, of self-published books think about marketing, um, marketing their books and getting an audience, uh, for their, for their books. Um, that's, that's another, another factor, but it's really important to know that you as an author of a self-published book, particularly, but any book you marketing is so can be so overwhelming. It's really challenging. You have to, you have to set boundaries because there's now with, with Twitter and LinkedIn and all the different ways you can market, there's an endless stream of these opportunities and you can drive yourself crazy if you don't have a plan and set some boundaries about how you're going to do your best to market your book and where you're going to use it. So, um, so it's important to go in with your eyes open that it isn't just about writing the book, as I'm sure you've said in the past, Dan, you've got to think about marketing it, you know, how you're going to use the book afterwards. The book doesn't sell itself. That's the truth. Uh, And my sales numbers will prove that out. (laughs) It's one thing to write a book. It's another thing to market a book. Hey, as we're wrapping up here, David, why don't you tell folks how they can get in touch with you and tell us uh, about your latest book and how people can get that. Sure. Thanks. Well, I'm, I'm writing now. Um, I have the two books that might be of interest to the audience. Um, One is graduate to a great job, make your college degree pay off in today's market. 
Graduate to a Great Job is um, available on Amazon. And that's a book that's really for, for young people coming out of college who are looking for their first, second, or third job. And it's got a chapter for parents, but it's based on more than 35 case studies of young people who came out of college and who landed jobs effectively, but the, the story of their journey and what they went through. So it's a, it's a very valuable book um, for millennials and for now Gen Zs coming out of college and for their parents. <laughs> um, the, the book I'm working on currently, as I mentioned, is titled, working title is Building Tomorrow's Workforce in Today's Economy. Uh, and it's really for executives around the future of work um, and, and the skills, how to think about the skills my workforce is going to need in the future and what to do about that, how to take action. Very practical book about addressing critical skill shortages today and in the near future. And my website is all one word, smartworkforcestrategies.com, smartworkforcestrategies.com. And you're welcome to go there and look at my blog because I'm always writing about these points and I share my other research, some white papers I've written and uh, reports. And I'm always glad to be a resource for folks um, who are wrestling with these issues and certainly any um, meeting planners or folks who are looking for speakers or workshop leaders to address. Everything I do is customized. I always interview people in my audiences so I understand the issues they're facing in their particular industry or sector. And um, I love my work. So thanks. <laughs> that shows. Thank you, David. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.